Hey everyone, this is Drew. Welcome to the thrilling conclusion of our two-part episode of A Road Trip with Josh and his wife Lauren. If you haven't heard the first half, I suggest you stop listening and check out last week's episode. We'll be back next week with a normal episode, but right now, let's get back in the car. Nothing to say with Josh and Drew. On our last Disney trip, one of my favorite parts was when I thought I was going on to a Little Mermaid ride, <laughs> and it was actually an opportunity to, to take meet a picture. Ariel. To, yeah, to meet Ariel. There was no ride, and you know what? That was so much fun. It was hilarious. It was hilarious because I didn't know what I was doing. I literally oh, walked that. in, and it was like, "Oh, this is, I thought this was the ride. This is Ariel. This is just to chill with a, a character," and I was okay with it. Yeah. And that that was, and you know what? I don't know. I don't remember anything else about that trip. I remember nothing about that. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I know that you were there, and that's about it. And that we met Ariel by accident. That's mm-hmm. the only thing that stuck in my head. Um, when, when we went to Tokyo Disney, I loved interacting with Japanese people that spoke absolutely no English and struggling to talk to them. That was my favorite part. So there's another YouTube channel where they have, you know, Tokyo Disney, kind of what Tim Tracker does. They just kind of shove Tokyo Disney down your throat. So the park itself, I was kind of whatever. I really didn't care by the time I got there. I'd seen everything that there is to see about every aspect of the park. So there was there were no surprises whatsoever. My favorite part was definitely interacting with the people and seeing how excited they got over your 3D printed ears. That was my favorite part. Yeah. And uh, the giant, what is that boat called? The one in Tokyo Disney Sea. The giant boat? Yeah, the boat where we had dinner. Oh, the USS Columbia? Yeah, the USS Columbia. That was fun because I knew nothing about it. I was not expecting it to be there. It was so much bigger and nicer than I thought it would be. Yeah, so it kind of looks like the Titanic. And I had no idea what it was because it's not the central focal point of the park. It's just kind of there. It's off to the side. It's off to the side and it's kind of hidden. I didn't, on purpose, I didn't look at any of like the, what is the backstory of this uh, Tower of Terror and it's completely different over there and I'm not going to ruin it for you because it's fun it's fun to just be surprised uh, part of the novelty of Tokyo or Japan in general is that you literally don't know what anyone is saying around you so any interaction you have you're not using like wor- I feel like words and communicating with words is kind of like a cop out because you don't really like it's a way to express ideas but I feel like a smile, you convey way more information with way less effort. For me, it's like an effort thing. Like, in taking in all this Disney information, it's just so much overload. When I feel like getting there and being like, holy shit, look how cool this all is. I feel like that's way more gratifying than the time spent watching the videos. What do you think about Tokyo Disney? I loved it. It's my favorite. I want to say that Disney Sea is my favorite park, but I really like growing up going to Disney World. I love the variety of parks. Like I love going to Epcot for a little bit of time yeah. and Magic Kingdom some, yeah. and I like getting to jump around. But Tokyo Disney Sea has probably some of my my favorite rides. Like I think the Tower of Terror there is my favorite Tower of Terror. 
Yeah, it's Because it's, it's a crazy different story. It was so cool. It's weird. Cool. Yeah. It's, it's super weird. It's amazing. Weird. It's super weird. It is, it is amazing. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. And the people over there were also great. Yeah, so I nice. love the cast Japanese are awesome. people. They were just super nice and kind of like, I don't know. I could see if you're like a self-centered person, you would hate it over there. If you're more about yourself, you would absolutely hate it over there 100%. Because no one over there really gives a shit about you as an individual. Everyone's kind of more like about everyone. Mm-hmm. And that's what I really found super gratifying. Like the like the sense of community. Well, the one thing is that it is cool when you do talk about it and like a, how great and together these people are. On the flip side, when you're that about, you know, the community, about us, you really don't really care for foreigners all that much. And that also came through. But I was okay with it. Like, oh, I thought they liked us. Like, I, I didn't feel like they didn't like tourists. Well, because we were in the touristy parts, but... So we do watch, and this is something that I don't mind watching at all, is this guy called Paolo in Tokyo, is that what mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. That's another YouTube channel, and that's about just basically traveling to Japan and stuff you can do. And the one thing about that is that their culture is so different and their laws are so different. I could watch that forever. Because did we go to any of the restaurants that we watch videos on? No. I think we went to a couple because we got things that looked familiar okay. over there. Yeah, well, at Navi, we went to Kichikichi Amarishi. Okay, you're right. And that's internet famous. And that was crazy. That was That crazy. was awesome. That was good. And I knew exactly what I was getting. And I was super happy that I knew all of his beats. I knew all the sounds he was going to make. And I was excited to be there. Because it was, I think that was more like a, like a, a one-on-one experience. It, yeah, it was basically one-on-one. There were only... There was us and one other guy in the restaurant. He opened early. Yeah, Because we for were standing us. outside. In the rain. Yeah. Because we, we didn't have reservations because we didn't. Yeah. That was that was on us. But he let us in early. And we got to have the, the, little, the little dish thing with him. And then he took pictures with us. He was great. He was fantastic, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Lots of fun. Um, but I don't know. Like, all of their laws. Like, the way that their judicial system works... We watched a video on that yesterday. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really intense. The fact that their minimum... Like, so let's say you were to shoplift something, right? The minimum that you're staying in jail for is 23 days. So if you're on a week trip, you're going to lose your job if you try to steal something. have a 99.9% conviction rate. And in order to even get to the point where you're convicted... You're in jail, in containment, for 23 days. That's absurd. Yeah. It's nuts. And, uh, but part of that breeds, I guess, their culture. You know, like, part of that culture is, you know, we are, like, they want to make sure that no one steals their shit. And there's something to, there's something to that. You know? Yeah, it's, it's it, very serious. It's very like all like like crime is taken very seriously, but it's reflected in the way that people behave. But it's also interesting because you don't have you you have rights over there, but they're not executed in a similar fashion. So you have a right to remain silent, 
but it doesn't mean that they're not going to sit there with you for three days and interrogate you. Like you can sit there and be quiet, but they're going to interrogate you Yeah. for three days at least. Straight. And then you can have a lawyer and talk to them like once, but your lawyer doesn't get to be with you while they're trying to interrogate you. Either, yeah. And that's just really different. It's super different. But at the same time, like we were watching a lawyer and he was saying how strict it was. I was, I was kind of okay with it. Like we saw what that kind of judicial system breeds. At least we did in Tokyo and in Kyoto. And it was, it was good. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind if, you know, if that's what it took, that kind of judicial system is what it took to get people to behave. Then, yeah, I think I'd be okay with it. I don't know. I think there's some things that I wouldn't be willing to... I, I, you shouldn't not be able to have your lawyer with you. I think... Well, like... Well, I'm that's... saying, like, the mandatory 23 days. If everyone knew that they were going to spend 23 days in jail, there would be less stupid crap going on. I don't know about the that. The fact that people know... No, no, <laughs> I, I 100% think so, because right now, you can just pay for bail. There are bail ads everywhere. Yeah. It, it's a business. Yeah. It's the business of getting people out of jail for a sum of money. If that wasn't an option, and we were just like, nope, sorry, bud, you're stuck here for 23 days, oh, I feel like all sorts of things would go down. Like, drunk driving, probably. If everyone knew that they had to spend 23 days in jail, you're basically going to lose your job every time? For shit, I wouldn't do... I would think way more about doing a crime. I'm just I'm just being honest. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't commit a crime now because I'm cheap. That's really the only thing keeping me from committing crimes. If I'm being honest mm. with you. Yeah. Is literally how cheap I am because I can't bear to, you know, pay for a lawyer or for a DUI or anything. That's my only concern. Like when I think about why don't you uh, drink and drive? It's not because like my first thought isn't I don't want to kill someone on the road. My first thought is I do not want to have to pay for the classes. I do not want to have to pay for getting points off. It's not the moral issue. My mind goes straight to the penalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to the deterrent. Yeah, like, my mind goes straight to the deterrent, not the why it's a deterrent. Is that normal for, for people? Like, what do you think about? I, I'm, just, I'm just talking out loud here. Like, that's the first thing I thought about. Um, no, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I just, I don't think my first thought is that it costs, like, what it costs. Although that is something to think about. But I just don't, I think I do it because I, I just, I just don't feel safe doing that for me. And so I would say it's not even necessarily considered for, out of consideration for other people. It's like, well, I don't want to get hurt. Because obviously if I'm at the point where I'm, I would hurt someone else, like, Clearly, I'm not going to be okay either. And yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to hurt see, myself. You know, I think about like the uh, consequences in terms of how much it's going to cost me. So maybe that's why I would find a system like Japan's more. Because if everyone else thought that way, then yeah, that seems like a, an insane price to pay for petty theft. Yeah, it's really hard. Twenty-three days in jail. I wouldn't do anything. Have you ever stolen anything before from a store? Um. On purpose? No. You never stole anything on purpose? No. I not, did. I stole. Not on purpose. No, I didn't. I've never gone to a store. I've definitely left and kind of been like, did they ring that up? 
and then like found out like oh no like, no 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 no, no totally well, didn't get rung well, out. I have gone to a store. Well, mine is always like so. My first time I stole anything, and I've only done it once that I remember. There's one time in particular. I remember going to a convenience store when I was <clears throat> like under 15 years old, and I got a candy bar, just stuck it in my pocket, and walked out. Wow. And I was like, okay, this is, this was, this was not like the right thing to do, but really candy is delicious. Candy. Well, I just wanted to do it. I was like, let's see what this is like. And like the nerves in doing it. Uh-huh. Anxiety. Oh, no, it wasn't worth it. Uh-uh. It yep. wasn't worth it. And I knew, but, but the price to doing it was what? I pay the store back. Now, if I knew from, as a child... I would spend 20 days, 23 days in a cage because I stole a candy bar, which is what it is over there. Yeah. You can steal a dollar's worth of food and be in jail for 23 days. Yeah, I'm not stealing shit. I wouldn't, it wouldn't even occur to me to steal 20, like no. to steal anything. No way. Because 23 days of your life is something you'll never get back. Like, I feel like it's a really, I really like it. Yeah, that's a lot of, the time is really valuable. The time is valuable, and I wonder, oh, man, like, they have such a low crime rate, too. And it was crazy, so they were gloating on the on this YouTube video about how many crimes they had in Japan as compared to the United States. So crimes over there, they had 930,000 crimes. For the entire like, country? Yes. But, crazy. But doesn't that sound like a lot? Not for an entire country. It doesn't sound like a lot. No. A not. million crimes? So in the U.S., U.S. has three times the population of Japan, but over nine times the amount of crime. So you would think that if the population were one for one, the crime rate would be three times higher in the U.S. as it is in Japan. But still, mm. it's crazy how much crime there is I, like in the world in general like the fact that a million crimes is a reasonable number that just sounds cr- well, nuts and that, to me and that we live in a time where there's less crime than there's really ever, ever been before been. Yeah. so yeah and that's a lot of that's something that, that not a lot of people really think about like they look at the news and they're like oh this is the worst ever like they'll see a mass shooting which is which is terrible I'm not saying that mass shootings aren't aren't terrible but at the same time, if you think about how much worse things were 30 years ago, just because it wasn't on the news doesn't mean that it wasn't happening. But there were definitely mass shootings 30 years ago. I'm not saying, well, mass shootings have, have gone up 100%. But on the whole, I feel like there's way less crime now than there's ever been. Yeah, definitely. And that's, and that's nuts. It's yeah. just, but it's still a million. Like, just, just the thought of a million crimes, it just seems astronomical to me. Like, a day, a day, so 365, a million divided by 365, what is that a day? I don't know. Over 3,000 crimes a day, right? Mm-hmm. 3,000 crimes a day, like, that's 3,000 arrests, 3,000 people doing something. And in an entire country out of the millions of people you're right yeah that's like not even it's just, a fraction I think it's just hard percent. to imagine numbers that big anyway like it's hard to imagine yeah the incidences of 
everything that has to happen and just all the stuff that happens every day. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how many people. So, yeah, Drew and I talked about this once. Like, just how many people there are in general in the world. It's a lot of people. It's amazing. I I think it's too many people. You think there are too many people or do we have enough people? No, I think think we've got enough people. So we don't need any more? No, no, we do. I think, you know, it's... It'll be interesting to see how it changes, especially in the U.S., like as the babies, boomers age and, you know, so many people retire every day now or or maybe don't retire, but, or that age, but... People age all the time, like everyone's aging. But it'll be interesting to see how the population shifts as all the baby boomers start to pass away and how that'll shift kind of the age dynamic. I feel like it's going to be really, really it'll weird. It'll be really interesting because it'll, it'll seem like our population seems a lot younger at that point. You think so? Yeah, because we won't have such a, a shift. We won't have such a greater number of people that are in their, you know, 60s. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, so sorry. Sorry to just <clears throat> pivot topics altogether. Do you know what a first world country is? Like, I was... For some reason, I got on a tangent at work, and I just mm-hmm. I, I just looked it up. What is a first world country, and what are the first world countries? So a first world country, like you're talking about, like a country like the U.S. I don't know. What would you consider a first world country? First world country. And I've seen a bunch of definitions, but I'm going to go with the, like the most basic one that I remember off the top of my head. And we're driving here, folks. So I have no computer in front of me to do research here, but... Um. Fact check me if you if you if you'd like. So I think a first world country is, um, oh gosh, well, you know what you know what I'm thinking of with what? this. What do you I'm think? thinking of it makes me think of that. It's probably the cutoff point for it is probably a lot lower than I'm thinking. Like than okay, well, this what is, I this want is, this to is, say. This is bad radio, but so I'll just I'll just tell you, it's fifteen thousand dollars a year. Yes, I was gonna say. That it was probably like ten. I was like, okay. probably where people make over ten thousand dollars a year. So yeah, it's where it's where <clears> on <throat> average, the income per capita is fifteen thousand dollars a year. Is that is that is that nuts to you? I mean, it's it's just, well, it's based off of fifteen. So fifteen thousand dollars a year in other places can get you a lot, a lot more than it can in the U.S. So there are only a few first world countries. I thought that Mexico for sure was a first world country. For sure. A hundred percent was. So when, who's defining this? Who's this defined by? And, 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 that's, and that's where this is interesting. It's actually no one. No one, because this is actually a term used in the Cold War. A way to define, it was basically a way for governments... It was used as propaganda, basically. Ah. The, the, the term first, second, and third world countries, and now there's a fourth world category, I think. What? Was basically a Cold War tactic to basically dehumanize or to kind of, I don't know. To, delegitimize. To delegitimize Russia. Oh. Yeah, that's what it was used as, as a tool to delegitimize Russia because they're not a first world country. And I thought it was super interesting with this arbitrary set of measures that we still use today. Yeah, people and no say one, that all the time. And it's not really recognized globally. Like, this isn't like a true political, you know, there isn't, there isn't a formal set of standards, which, which, is, which is what I found amazing. But it's still in our vernacular but, yeah. today. Like, we still talk about it. 
like, oh, that's what a third world country. That's that's a Cold War thing. Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Yeah, me neither. So, huh? Yeah, I I just I just thought it was interesting. Jeez, oh, I never want to say that term again. <laughs> I know. I feel, I feel I feel like such a dick. Yeah, like, I was just I feel like such an asshole. Yeah, I feel, I feel like such an asshole. Like, oh, first world, or or just like first world problems. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah. So try to, I guess, not use it or use it. Whatever. Say what you want to say. Uh, I think this is but a good yeah. time to wrap it. This yeah. is like a random wow. assortment of ideas on so a on learned a, a lot on a car ride about a us. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. Uh, I think we'll have Drew back. We may do another podcast tomorrow. So cool. Yeah, just check it out. I'm Josh. I'm Lauren. And this is nothing to say with Josh, Drew, and Lauren. Lauren, this time. Yeah. All right, see you. Bye. Bye.